Ancient World, The Sphinx and Secrets of the Cycle Over the past century, the ancient marvels that have been rediscovered have come under much controversy. They have seen pushback on both their dating and their purpose. John Anthony West and Dr. Robert Schock famously challenged the dating of the Great Sphinx of the Giza Plateau. Their evidence was well-supported and well-researched, and yet they seem to have been mostly ignored. Dr. Paul William Roberts, an author-historian, summed it up in this way. West is really an academic's worst nightmare, because here comes somebody way out of left field, with a thoroughly well-thought-out, well-presented, coherently-described theory, full of data they can't refute, and it pulls the rug out from beneath their feet. So how do they deal with it? They ignore it. They hope it'll go away. And it won't go away. And he was right. The conventional theory may still be the top Google result, and the one academically accepted. However, the evidence continues to mount that there are errors in the conventional dating and purpose attributed to the ancient structures of the world. Within our various spiritual literature, from Nordic mythology to the New Testament of the Bible, there are consistencies. One might say that it's in these similarities that some truth can be asserted. A code, hidden within the stories of old, to be decoded, or to transcend the rise and fall of civilizations. Manly P. Hall describes this well in the analogy of the ancient mystery school. By symbols, men have ever sought to communicate to each other those thoughts that transcend the limitation of language, rejecting men's conceived dialects as inadequate and unworthy to perpetuate divine ideas. The mysteries thus cast symbolism as a far more ingenious and ideal method of preserving their transcendental knowledge. In a single figure, a symbol may reveal and conceal, for to the wise, the subject of the symbol is obvious, while to the ignorant, the figure remains inscrutable. So to those initiated, the secret wisdom has been clearly bestowed. It was then diluted into textual analogies, and perhaps the nature of Jesus' stories in the Bible are a good way to describe this nature further. He speaks in parables, but the story of the parable is not the real value, and may not even be real. What is important is the meaning behind the story. This can be seen across countless cultures. But there is another hugely important factor to this encoding. It is in the nature of number and shape. Giorgio di Santiana reviewed 30 different cultural myths and found the same numerical values appearing again and again in the stories. The same series of numbers are ever-present in these ancient tomes. If you only knew the significance of 369, then you would have a key to the universe. A famous line from the genius of Nikola Tesla, and he wasn't kidding. We'll just touch on these sacred numbers because it's a topic all in itself, but one that is necessary to briefly understand to realize the connection with these ancient structures. Five hundred doors and forty there are, I ween, in Valhalla's walls. Eight hundred fighters through each door fare, when to war with the wolf they go. An excerpt from Norse myth of Ragnarok, the final destruction of the world. If we take the numbers and multiply them together, 540 there are equals 540. Multiplied by 800 fighters through each door gives you 540 multiplied by 800, which is equal to 432,000. This is the same length of time as the Indian Yuga, or if you take it down a power to 43,200, is the geometric ratio of the height of the Great Pyramid of Giza to the polar radius of the Earth. Double it, and you will get the diameter of the sun, 864,000 miles, within 99.8%. For anyone in doubt of the Mars' ancient relationship and insignificance due to it being a modern measure, 
read the first article linked on my page. From here, we can extrapolate into many significant recurring values. Dividing 4,320 by 2 gives the diameter of the moon, 2,160, within 99.9%. If you then drop that down one power to 216, you have the height of the Pyramid of the Sun at Teotihuacan. The slant height, area, and volume of this pyramid are all multiples of the same number. 2160 is also the length of each period of the great year when divided by 12, known as the precession of the equinoxes. Within this, it divides by 30 degrees, and so each degree of movement in the precession of the equinoxes takes a period of 72 years. 72 is the number of degrees of latitude between the Great Pyramid of Giza and Angkor Wat. Both are attributed to Horus, the sun. Angkor Wat literally means God Heru, or Horus, lives. If we take 72 and double it, we have 144. From here we can extrapolate out to the 144,000 who will be saved in the Bible. There is 144,000 days in the Mayan Bakhtun. There's 1,440 minutes in a day, and 86,400 seconds in a day, which brings us back to the diameter of the sun. These are parts of a cosmic sequence, the foundation of all things. It begins with a sphere whose degrees are 360. The first possible geometric shape and therefore the foundation of structure is the tetrahedron, the total sum of whose degrees is 720. It's all derived from the number 3, which in itself is the number of sides it takes to create the first measurable two-dimensional object. If you use the power of 3 on itself, it gives you 6 as a sum, 9 as a multiplication, or if you find the cube root, you get 1.44. There is a beautiful correlation of symmetry here that we can find at all scales of existence, from the infinitely large to the infinitely small. It expresses the cyclical nature of time itself and defines the description given to this divine agent known as the Creator in our religious writings. It is the Trinity the foundation of all things. God itself is the measure of all things. Through its foundation, the archetype, all others are created. We can see this in the base of structure. All other 3D geometric shapes are formed out of the tetrahedron. It creates all others, and as such, all things that create have the desire to create themselves. The Hebrew and Greek letters of the alphabet are each assigned a numerical value. Thinking about the Greek alphabet, if you take the phrase the truth, aletheia, and add up their numerical values, eta, alpha, lambda, eta, theta, epsilon, iota, alpha, you get 8 plus 1 plus 30 plus 8 plus 9 plus 5 plus 10 plus 1, which is equal to 72. If you just make it truth, you get another very significant number, 64. The 64-point tetrahedron contains within it the cube, the octahedron, the star tetrahedron, and the cubo-octahedron. Buckminster Fuller called this the isotropic vector matrix, meaning that it was the same in all directions. It's in perfect equilibrium. It is the three-dimensional representation of the flower of life. If you place spheres around all of its 64 points and flatten it to 2D, you get the flower of life. It is the projection of the flower and may symbolize the holographic nature of the universe. It is also the number of codons in our DNA. 
And for those who know that the exact timing of one degree of movement through the procession is not 72, but 71.6 years, I want to put forward two things. The first is that I think it would have been very difficult to input decimals into a story like 71.6 cows, plus most ancient cultures outside of the Mayans did not yet understand the concept of zero. But the second factor, well, this one is really great. If you take the total time of the procession from the whole value of 72, which would be 25,920 years, and subtract the total time of the exact value, 71.6 times the 360 degrees of the cycle, which is equal to 25,776 years, you get 144. This is what is being expressed throughout the ancient world, but we are not yet at a point where we can fully understand all the nuances of this fantastic thing. It is a mathematical synergy to creation. The other important factor is phi, 1.618. It's a non-destructive measure. It remains balanced or in equilibrium to the whole of itself or the greater or division of itself when applied as a ratio. Plato's divided line expresses this best. If you want to take a look at it, you should check out the article. Now on to the ancients. One of the most important aspects to this is the great cycle, the procession of the equinoxes. It's expressed in ancient cultures for a reason. The Mayans used it in their calendar, a culture which was no joke. They calculated Earth's orbit to be 365.2420 days. That is the most accurate known time in history outside of the exact time we can calculate today with modern scientific instruments. That's an error of just 0.0002 of a day. That is more accurate than the Gregorian calendar, or the more modern Julian calendar of 1582, the Western standard before the last century. The Great Pyramid of Giza is perhaps the most incredible of these cosmic mirrors. The information related in its structure, its placement, and its measurements is something to behold. It is perhaps best described as the monument to all of creation. There is also some other unknown purpose within its walls, one that many have speculated on, and that I'll cover in a later article. The foundation of this magnificent structure does what is known as squaring the circle. You can read about it in my article on the Vitruvian Man, or listen to the podcast recording. The Great Pyramid does this within 0.1% of error. The relationship of the lengths of its sides are in relation to the golden ratio of phi. If you draw a right-angled triangle within its dimensions from its midpoint, and give the base of the triangle a length of 1, then the length of the slanted side will be 1.618 or phi, and the length of its height will be equal to the square root of phi, or 1.272, referred to as the golden mean. It is expressing phi as the ratio of non-destructive creation into infinity. Another interesting factor about the pyramid is its relation to many other ancient sites. We are going to draw a line at a 30-degree angle from the equator through the point of the pyramid around the Earth. On this line, we find a relationship with many other ancient sites. Machu Picchu, the Nazca Lines, and Easter Island all fall within a margin of error of less than one-tenth of one degree of latitude. Also within that range are Persepolis, the capital of ancient Persia, Mohenjo-Daro, the ancient capital of the Indus Valley, and the lost city of Petra. Within one degree, we can find Angkor Wat, which also has that 72-degree relationship we mentioned earlier, and the location of the Sumerian city of Ur. 
Also, just a light bit of fun speculation. I mapped out one of the Atlantean sites from my article on Atlantis locations, and it fell pretty close, which entertained me. Now, I'm not suggesting that all of these sites were founded by the same ancient civilization or anything like that. However, there are surprising connections between some ancient cultures that may be evidence of a deeper connection, and certain details about Angkor Wat lend to the idea that Egypt and Cambodia may share some history. What I am trying to point out is that while this incredibly advanced information could have come from the same point of origin, such as a lost civilization, it may be almost as likely that it didn't. We need to remember that these are monuments of divinity, and that they were divinely inspired. Those that built them had been seeking or had attained some divine knowledge. This knowledge is ever-present, and it's the rules of law that define creation. It's geometry and sequence. Someone in Cambodia seeking this knowledge would never have to come into contact with the Egyptians to obtain it. Since it came from the nature of creation itself, if one looked hard enough, he or she would come to the same conclusions. I'm not completely throwing out the idea of ancient cultures, just simply stating that this knowledge is so embedded in nature itself that anyone can find it without supervision. That's how fantastic and present it is. These structures could be a warning about the cycle and telling us to pay attention. Groups with this knowledge encoded these secrets in ancient texts so that they would be spread in the hopes that they would outlast their authors, just as ancient sites were designed to withstand the fall of a civilization. It was a way to make sure that this knowledge would not be lost. The Pyramid of Giza and its counterpart, the Great Sphinx, tell an important tale that is also present at other sites around the world. They clearly mark their knowledge of the procession of the equinox, that 25,776-year cycle. The procession of the equinoxes marks the constellation the sun will rise in at the vernal equinox. It changes approximately every 2,160 years. These are defined as the astrological symbols. For example, this is what the Age of Aquarius is all about. The sign the sun is rising in is supposed to define that specific period of time in history, but that's not something we'll worry about in this article. So right now we have just come, or are coming depending on who you ask and what variables you use, full circle around the procession of the equinoxes. We have come into the fixed sign of Aquarius, and this bears an important meaning with apocalyptic implications. The Great Sphinx is a monument that marks this cosmic movement clearly. The Sphinx marks the vernal and autumnal equinoxes and matches along with the Great Pyramids to a specific cosmic alignment in time. Its clue is in the nature of the beast. The Sphinx is representative of a lion and may in fact have had the head of a lion at an earlier period of time if you consider the proportion of the head to its body by such master builders along with the evidence put forth that the Great Sphinx is much older than we currently date it. This point in time took place in the age of Leo, when the sun rose in the sign of Leo during the vernal equinox, and the Sphinx mirrored it in the heavens. This is important because Egypt and the Giza Plateau is a mirror of heaven, as above, so below, referred to in the Hermetic text, Asclepius. Do you not know Asclepius? Egypt is an image of heaven, or... To speak more exactly, in Egypt, all the operations of the powers which rule and work in heaven have been transferred to the earth below. Nay, it should rather be said that the whole cosmos dwells in this, our land, as in its sanctuary. The Sphinx is the epitome of this reflection. At this particular moment in time, 
10,450 BC, the sun was in Leo, mirrored by the Sphinx. The pyramids matched Orion's belt, and the river Nile reflected the Milky Way itself. This same period in time is apparently mapped at Angkor Wat as well. At this site, the constellation of Draco is reflected in its design. The constellation of Draco and Orion share a correlation. As the cosmic axis wobbles, the relationship between their highest and lowest point in the sky swing at opposite points. When one is at its highest, the other is at its lowest, and vice versa. The 72-degree latitudinal relationship adds more strangeness to this. It appears that this relationship is attempting to show something about that particular period in time. It's a warning sign. If we look at the cycle of the procession, and correlate it with potentially civilization-ending cataclysmic events, we begin to see a very interesting pattern. If you take a look at the related article, there's a great graph that explains these events. Now this isn't going to make sense unless you take a look at the article, so I'll link it in the description. The concentric circles represent each full great year cycle since what Randall Carlson considers the earliest evidence of modern man. We can then see each extinction-level event and the time period that it took place. We can see that not only do all of these events take place during the period of the fixed signs, but most seem to occur at the halfway point and completion of the cycle. That would be the age of Leo and the age of Aquarius. This time period is represented in many ancient sites. If the structures weren't built at this time, then it might give even more credit to the idea that this correlation is significant. It's significant in itself that they could map the movements into the ancient past, and if we give that concept credit, then it is completely possible that they did it for significance. As I said before, there is definitely another use to the Great Pyramid, but its cosmic reflection may be sending a message to us in the future. It is interesting that it would be this period in time that we are developing the knowledge to scientifically map these alignments. Baruch de Spinoza, an eminent Dutch philosopher, said, Nothing in nature is by chance. Something appears to be chance only because of our lack of knowledge. To know the order of nature and regard the universe as orderly is the highest function of the mind. Could it be possible that it's a warning sign about the nature of the cosmic cycle? Could we be on the brink of a cataclysmic event? If we look at the data available, the possibility is there. It's telling us to be aware and respect the great cycle. Plato writes about this in his Analogy of Atlantis. Whether you consider it to be fact or fiction, Plato is nonetheless a philosopher with a message. He was reminding us to take heed of the information available to us. Otherwise, like the Atlanteans, we will fade into antiquity. And, like Atlantis, we will be yet another reminder to the next cycle of civilization. If we do not take heed of the warnings we have been given. We need to remember to humble ourselves and realize that we are not as advanced as we think we are. We may have knowledge, but perhaps we do not yet have enough wisdom.